Fuck off, Janet. Damn it, Janet. Get your ass back to foosball. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back. I can't believe it is as we're recording June 4th of Pride Month. Yeah. You know, I'm seeing rainbow Apple watch bands. I'm seeing mm-hmm. rainbow Instagram stories. The mm-hmm. full capitalization of Pride is out to play. Absolutely. I did get given a uh, rainbow lollipop the other day by a corporation. I was like, How here we are. Was it? <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> <laughs> We're not at liberty to disclose. Yes, yes. What else is new? Oh, I bought tickets to a like gay pride dance party. Oh, fun. So that's pretty exciting. I do feel like, at least for me, and this is my own experience, you know, I'm speaking in I statements. Mm-hmm. I am excited a lot because it's the first like pride fest and pride parade and stuff mm-hmm. since the pandemic. Yeah. So it's like, a great opportunity for people to just be together again. Mm-hmm. So it's less about like actual like capitalist shit and more just like getting to see people and be with a community. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like it's gonna be um it's gonna be huge. There's gonna be so many celebrations and parties and stuff. I'm very excited. Yeah. There's like so many events that are happening in Toronto. So it's just like Picking which one of like the many, but um, yeah. there is a dance party that's on my docket currently. So very cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, oh my gosh! Speaking of Toronto, so there's um there's like a thing that they do in the summers where they like play movies and stuff in different parks, mm-hmm. and one of the first movies that they're going to be doing is "But I'm a Cheerleader," and I was like, oh my uh, god, how top of so mind. Cool. They're also playing the movie that we're covering today mm. at Nighthawk in New York City, um, I think on like June 18th. Wow. There you go. So if you if you want to catch it. There you, there you go. I might even go, honestly. I yeah. I did enjoy this movie for all its campiness. Oh, yes, definitely. I guess we should say what we're doing this week. Prob Shed. Um, we are doing Debs, the 2004 box <laughs> to cult classic pipeline movie um, yes pretty devastating mm-hmm. like not they not lost just, a lot of money not just a bomb but like a fucking atomic bomb like yeah pretty rough we had a 3.5 million dollar budget and the box office was ninety seven thousand four hundred and forty six dollars I do think that the movie probably did the, like, film festival circuit. And then Mm -hmm. it had a release in, I think, like, 45 movie theaters. So Oh, wow. Yeah. But definitely an L for the financers, NCAs involved. (laughs) Yeah. The the reviews, though, were pretty mixed, though. They weren't all bad. Yeah, definitely. I, I do think that what played a big factor into a lot of those negative reviews is that this movie is, like, it satirizes the spy genre. Mm-hmm. It's like almost parody, essentially. Oh, I definitely think it's parody. Yeah. Sure. And also the core relationship between Amy and Lucy is not like 
hypersexualized. It's like very much yeah. like an emotionally based relationship. So not to generalize, but I think a lot of older straight men were like, this is making fun of a genre that I like and it's not in my gaze. Garbage. <laughs> I'm not horny enough watching this movie. F. F. Yeah, literally. There's. I'm going to read you a little snippet from a review from, uh, let me find it, Peter Travers of Rolling Stone. He gave the movie a one-star rating and said, You might think there's no downside to a movie that peeks up the skirts of babes in micro-minis. But writer-director Angela Robinson's dim-witted satire is libido-killing proof to the contrary. Relax. This didn't turn me on enough. Now I'm pissed. Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, yeah, such... And also, the fact that they're traipsing around in miniskirts and heels is supposed to be ironic. Yeah. <laughs> they're fighting crime. They have a gigantic guns. They're, mm. like, doing hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, it's a joke that they're in heels and skirts. Yeah, like, that's I the don't point. Know. It's hitting you on the head. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. Ugh. But yeah, back to the the real meat, the mm. what you want to know. This was conceived from an 11-minute short film, which toured a number of film festivals, including Sundance and Clint Culpepper, who was the president of Screen Gems at the time, Liked the shore and was like, here's the green light, baby. Give me a feature. Yeah, I, I can see like how this came from a short film because mm-hmm. it does feel like they had to spend quite a bit of time just kind of like filling out middle. Yeah. So there is there is some like filler stuff in this movie, which I don't really mind, but it's definitely there. You can tell that they were like, okay, well, got to stretch this out. What can we throw in here? But, mm-hmm. you know. Say lovey. I really find this movie akin to the live action Scooby Doo. Mm. Like had some sweet moments. Yeah. That movie was funnier than this one. Like that's what I will mm. say. But yeah, it's not supposed to be like we all understood, but I'm a cheerleader has a ton of satire. Mm-hmm. But because they played it more of like a drama, I guess, if you want to call it that. Or it also felt way more artsy mm-hmm. because Debs was so like campy and gaudy i feel like yeah it went right over their heads yeah it was it's just also like a different type of camp when you look at like yeah but i'm a cheerleader was so like aesthetically um and visually specific in like oh we're kind of like mocking like the 50s and like all this stuff whereas deb's is more of like that kind of 2000 style camp which oh you know what it is similar like the way that it looks is super similar to Josie and the Pussycats exactly yeah and like I feel like a lot of satires that are were like female-led projects or like about women like the jokes just went over the heads of so many Mm -hmm. people like what happened with Josie and the Pussycats Uh, and I, I feel that Deb's walks a similar line yeah but it's beloved now it's a cult classic cult classic mm-hmm. box office bomb to cult classic pipeline yeah that's really the only movie that i'm interested in watching yeah truly um well before we get into it shall we do a couple of reviews yeah let's let's hit it so our first review is from courtney campbell evans thank you so much for your review and for you, we decided to go with the song Like Woe by Ali and AJ. And I am kind of running with the theme of this song. And I do think that this montage 
takes place at a theme park. Ooh. Um, I think it's like a nice summer day. You go with your friends to like a Universal Studios esque park. Like I'm thinking it has big roller coasters. Like we're not talking Disney. We're talking like yeah. the thrill seeking rides. A Six Flags, if you will. Yeah. And uh yeah, I think you're with your friends. Everybody's just like in a great mood, super excited. You get maybe like some cotton candy or like a corn dog or whatever your your theme park food of choice is. You ride all these rides, just like feeling the adrenaline rushing through your bloodstream you're like throwing your hands in the air you and your friends are like laughing at the funny pictures that they take like when you're on the ride and you're just having like the best time with your pals ah so fun next up we have a review from the landform did we stalk your instagram absolutely congratulations on the new ipod nano very cool (laughs) yes congrats Um, We noticed that you are a One Tree Hill fan, so we decided to give you uh, just a a super Mm. classic One Tree Hill song, When the Stars Go Blue by Haley James Scott and Chris Keller. This catapulted Haley James Mm -hmm. into superstardom. Absolutely. Touring with Michelle Branch (laughs) just immediately. Yeah. I love it. Mm -hmm. Okay, here, what I'm picturing for this montage is very much... 2000s-esque romance like you go on a date to your local diner Mm. it goes really well you decide to sit on the roof of their car and just watch the stars in the sky and you get driven home that night maybe there's a kiss on the doorstep you go to bed you like write in your journal just like about the amazing time you had Mm. Fast forward to a week later, you're riding bikes together, going to get ice cream together, you're enjoying each other's company. There's maybe like a part of the montage where like they pick like a a little piece of frosting with their finger and put it on your nose. Mm, Cute. Yeah. And we just see you form this deep bond and relationship and it's very like youthful in that it's very playful and just like easy to fall into i love so our next review is from bella i don't want to butcher your last name bella yes and for you, we decided to do the song What a Girl Wants by Christina Aguilera. A true classic. Yeah. And I do want this to be kind of like a rom-com vibe montage. So I think it's like, you know, it's it's the last act of the movie. You and the person, your love interest, have, you know, parted ways for whatever reason. If it's if it's a misunderstanding, if maybe like somebody has commitment issues, there's a lack of communication, but mm-hmm. you've decided that you're not going to be together anymore. And you really want to like focus on yourself and, and, you know, become the best version of yourself for you. So it's that kind of montage, very like Bridget Jones-esque where uh, you're like, that. You're making your space feel like your own. You're kind of like redecorating your place. You know, you decide to 
start working harder at work, maybe like following your passion. Maybe you quit your job and you like are on a new career path. Um, and like we see you kind of like walking down the street, having these like reflective moments where you're like, I need to take care of myself for myself so I can just feel, you know, comfortable in my skin. I love that. And lastly, we have a birthday shout out for Izzy. Yes. Happy almost birthday. Yeah, happy almost birthday. Your sister reached out to us. We said, I would love to do this. Mm -hmm. And guess what? I'm also a Gemini. (gasps) Crazy. It's Gemini season. So we did give you a montage song, and we decided to give you Midnight Cruisin' by Kingo Hamada. And let me tell you... I only know this song because my boyfriend told me about it, but (laughs) it's really, really fun. It's like um, pretty much what the title says, Midnight Cruise, and it feels like you're kind of just uh, driving through the streets of Japan and you're doing your thing. And so for this montage, I picture you on your trip for Japan that you're planning. Yeah. Very, very cool. And you're in the city. You're with your sister. Maybe you've rented a car in this montage and you're driving through you're looking at the lights Mm -hmm. you're experiencing all the different foods maybe we have a montage of you going out to dinner at a gorgeous restaurant we have another montage of you shopping another montage of you at a museum or some Mm -hmm. sort of like event type of thing and you're just having a fantastic time you're worry-free, you're intaking this culture that you've been dying to see for ages. Um, And I think you're going to have a great time in Japan. Oh, yes. Hope you have the best time on your trip. Now I'm like absolutely craving Japanese food like crazy, so I will be treating myself (laughs) to that after this recording. (laughs) But yes, happy almost birthday. Yay. And with that being said, shall we head into it? Yeah, let's dig right in. We open up on the movie. Where are we? In an SAT room. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> People are taking their SATs, but we hear via the narrator that there is a secret test within the SATs. It doesn't measure a student's aptitude. Instead, it measures their ability to lie, cheat, fight, and kill. <gasps> and they recruit these students into a secret paramilitary academy. Some call them seductresses. Some call them spies. Fools call them innocent. (laughs) They call themselves Debs. Honestly, when this first started, (laughs) I thought that it was like, because I I rented this on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And at least like on like Prime here, sometimes they'll like show you an ad before for like another movie or something. Yeah, this wasn't the trailer. Yeah, I thought that this was like an ad or a trailer for something else. And then I was like, oh, no, this is the movie. So we just dive right in Mm -hmm. with that, like, in a world kind of voiceover. (laughs) In a world where the SATs aren't the SATs. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, we get this, like, amazing uh, title sequence. It's, like, Uh, very, like, it's very much, like, making fun of, like, the Charlie's Angels type of, like, iconography. There's, like... The girls in costumes are undercover mm-hmm. with, with their, their guns. Giant, like, space-age-looking guns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so good. It also kind of felt it felt like uh like Charlie's Angels meets Agent Cody Banks. Like <laughs> that's what it felt yeah. like to me. So we then see the Deb's house and this this little paper boy is trying to drop off the paper but it burns up in the force field around the house. So mm-hmm. we're talking high tech here. We also get a, another <laughs> We get another like literal Charlie's Angels reference where um Mr. Phipps shows up on the screen and he's like, "Good morning, Debs." In my head I went, "Good morning, Charlie." Um <laughs> But the girls get woken up by Mr. Phipps on the screen. He is screaming. He's like, wake up, wake up, everybody. Alarms are blaring. So Max, a.k.a. Megan Good, our lead Deb, she gets all the girls out of bed. We see Deb and Aoki as Dominique. She is, like, inexplicably French in this movie for, like, no reason. And Megan's uh, Megan. God, I keep calling them by their actor names. Max is like, "Hey, by the way, no boys in your room." And that's like Dominique's thing is that she always has like a different boy in her bed. Mm-hmm. So as the Debs are all getting ready to go, Amy, our main character, gets a call from her ex boyfriend Bobby. He's like clearly still obsessed with her. And she's just, like, not into it, not trying to talk. So she hangs up on him. And all the devs get into the car to go and meet Mr. P. And she actually tells the girls that she broke up with Bobby. And when they ask why, she's like, I just wasn't in love. But I want to be. So they head over to the academy, which also has a full diner attached. For some reason, yeah. Sure. (laughs) And they scoot into the booth with Mr. P. That's what they call Mr. Phipps, even though he hates it. Mm -hmm. And they make their breakfast orders. Amy orders a vegan tofu scramble Mm. and a non-dairy smoothie. Gay. (laughs) Gay? For (laughs) what? Is it even a question at that point? We're going to have to keep track of this with the movies that we cover yeah, coming up how many if vegetarians? there's more vegetarians to see if But I'm a Cheerleader was on to something. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, it's also interesting because all of the orders are very much like the characters. Like mm. Dominique gets a black coffee. She's French. Yeah. And Max, not Megan, <laughs> gets like eggs and bacon or something. And Janet gets like a farmhouse burger because yeah. she's like clearly from the Midwest. Mm. Anyways, not important. <laughs> Basically, Mr. P tells them that Miss Petrie is coming to meet them. She kind of like is a headmistress type of role. Mm -hmm. She's in charge of the dubs. And they all get really excited, especially Max, because we can tell Max is very ambitious. You know, she wants to climb the ranks, be in the secret government agency. And basically what the T is... Mm-hmm. Lucy Diamond is back in the States. <gasps> Amy is freaking out. She is writing her thesis on Lucy Diamond. And Mr. P gives them the rundown. She is the last remaining member of the Reynolds Crime Syndicate. Her family did battle with the Schaefers. <laughs> and she's the leader of an illegal arms running, smuggling, gambling, and diamond theft group. Wow. Yeah. So no big deal, right? Mm-hmm. This characters played by jordana brewster yes yeah absolutely gorgeous oh so stunning it was like striking the whole movie i'm just like how does your face 
look like that. How does your hair be so thick? Yeah. How are your bangs, like, not super full, but also don't look stringy? Like, how did you make that happen? Who did that? Is it a wig? <laughs> also, just to talk just to talk uh, about some of our new characters that we've met casting-wise. So, Mr. P is played by Michael yeah. Clark Duncan. Very cool. Who you may recognize from critically acclaimed film, The Green Mile. <laughs> and, uh... Miss Petrie is played by none other than Holland Taylor. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty wild. I was like, okay, Holland Taylor. Yeah, I did gasp when she uh, appeared on screen because I was not expecting it. I went into this movie like completely blind, knowing nothing about it. So, oh, wow. It was a treat for me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Also, we find out the main mercenary of Lucy Diamond is Scud, played by Jimmy Simpson, mm-hmm. who you might recognize from... Westworld, um, It's It's Always always Sunny. sunny. Yeah, Yeah, lots of things. Mm -hmm. So she was behind a plot to sink Australia in 1999. Then in 2003, she went underground and no one has ever fought her and lived to tell. So they think she's in town to meet Ninochka Kaprova, ex-KGB freelance assassin, and they're tasked with finding out what these two are up to tonight. So we then go to Miss Lucy Diamond, to her evil lair. Um, I think there's a sign uh, that says the only good Deb is a dead Deb or something like that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. And uh, we see Lucy and Scud looking at like a profile of Ninochka. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of like talking about her. And he's like, yeah, your meeting is set up at Le Deux at Twenty hundred hours. I was like, why? Do, why is that not coming to yeah. me? I, I hate twenty four <laughs> hour time. I hate it so much. But Lucy's like, cancel it. I don't do blind dates. What? What? Uh, it's not a secret meeting. It's a date. She's simply trying to find love. Yes, just a gal putting herself out there. So Scud is like. It's not a blind date because you've already seen what she looks like. Mm-hmm. You need to put yourself out there. It's been two years since you got dumped. And Lucy's like, I did not get dumped. And besides, remember I went out with that drummer? And he's like, well, we all went out in a group. And then you lied and said you were sick and went home. So <laughs> no, that does not count. So it's clear that she went underground because she was dumped. Oh, for sure. And now she's resurfacing to go on this date. Yes, yeah. exactly. So Scud is like, you're just trying to bury yourself in schemes to take over the world, but you need to get over (laughs) it. You got to get back in the game. You have a date with a beautiful Russian assassin. You're going. And she's like, okay, fine, I'll go. And Scud makes her promise that she'll be open. Open to love. (laughs) I do really love the relationship between Scud and Lucy. I think it's so funny because it's so, like, subversive of what you would think between, like, a head honcho crime boss and her, Mm -hmm. like, right-hand man. They're just, like, pals gossiping. (laughs) Exactly. I think Jimmy Simpson does a fantastic job in this movie. Oh, yes. Yeah. He really carries. Mm -hmm. So cut to the stakeout at this restaurant. The Debs are hanging on some weird, like, swing contraption <laughs> yeah. from the in- from the insanely, insanely high ceiling. There's, like, four levels to this restaurant. <laughs> it's yeah. It's wild. And apparently no one ever looks up. No. Sure. Yeah. 
Max talks to the girls about Miss Petrie handpicking students for the bureau. And Amy mentions that she was thinking about taking some time off after Endgame to go to art school in Barcelona. Mm. And Max is like, Amy, listen, like we've worked for four years. We're the top squad. Don't ruin it all by going to art school. And Bobby calls Janet on her little like Apple watch. It's like a walkie talkie. Oh, is it a walkie talkie? I think like he does like a walkie talkie. And another Mm. point he's like, he is constantly blowing up her devices. This guy, I've seen him in other stuff. He looks so familiar. What do I know him from? Yeah, he looks really familiar. Um, He was in Wedding Crashers, The Breakup. Mm. He was on Bring It On Again. That's actually probably what I know him from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he is definitely handsome, but unfortunately, Amy is not into him. Yeah. And he calls Janet asking to speak to Amy. Amy is like, no, thank you. So what does he do? He shows up down from the ceiling. (laughs) And she's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, Amy, everyone's here. The CIA, the FBI. Like, And we look around. Everyone is in this stakeout. Like, Dominique is pissed that they're not the only ones staking her out. So... Amy asks for, like, a little bit of privacy to talk to Bobby. And the girls, like, they press this button. They just, like, (laughs) like, slide away. It's so wild visually. But they have a little moment to talk. And Bobby is like, I don't get why you broke up with me. Like, what is going on? He feels super blindsided. And Amy just finally admits that she doesn't love him. Mm. And he goes, guess no one's good enough for Miss Perfect Score. But you'll be back as he repels away. Sure, man. Yeah. Then Lucy Diamond finally rolls up to the restaurant. The reason they're all here. She talks to Scud. She's super nervous. And he's like, well, love is harder than crime. So she walks into the restaurant. The Debs immediately notice her. Janet notices that she has the same sweater as her in taupe from Target, a bargain queen. Yeah. Lucy sits down. She orders a cop salad and a glass of wine. She's like, oh, Nanochka, would you like a glass of wine? She's like, vodka. <laughs> so uh, Nanochka is a caricature of a Russian woman. Yeah, absolutely. And Amy looks at Lucy through her little binoculars and is immediately struck by mm-hmm. her beauty. Yeah. Lucy tries to make some small talk with Ninochka about her freelance assassin business. And she's like, yeah, I don't always kill. Sometimes I maim. <laughs> hard. It's a hard shot. It's not an easygoing time. Yeah. And then she reveals what her main passion is, though. She wants to be a dancer. And she wanted to take classes with the best instructor in Russia but it was too pricey for her. And I'm like, you're an assassin. Like you, yeah, how much are they paying? Yeah. Are you, raise. are you lowballing them? Like you should be making good money. Um, but yeah, for some reason the classes were too pricey. So instead the teacher was like, all right, I'll give you lessons in exchange. You kill my wife's lover. And she was like, perfect lit can do. <laughs> While they're having this convo, Bobby then goes back over to Amy, zips on by, and he's like, hey, can I have my bracelet back? Like, my dad got it on his, like, whatever mission, wherever. It's, like, super expensive. And he insists on, like, taking it off of her hand himself for some reason. 
Yeah, they kind of like fight over it. Yeah. So meanwhile, back on the date, Lucy decides to fake sick to get out of it. And as they're kind of having this convo, the bracelet goes flying through the air and lands in Lucy's soup, which <gasps> literally looks like water with brown food coloring in it. It's so thin. Absolutely. <laughs> it looks like someone poured broth into the bowl and said, mm-hmm. this will do. Yep. <laughs> this will do. So one thing leads to another. Lucy looks up, sees all of the agents. Everyone starts shooting. Everyone mm. and their mother. Lucy and Ninochka jump behind the bar in a very dramatic, showy display. <laughs> yeah. And we see, like, the the green, bright green, like, drink straws go flying. It's mm-hmm. a, a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> As they're hiding behind the bar, Ninochka's like, is it something I said? And Lucy's like, no, no, I just got back into town. It's not you. It's me. Ninochka's like, I can change. Lucy throws a grenade at the dabs. And she's like, I'm just not interested. And Ninochka's like, you're going to die alone and like runs out of there, leaving Lucy to defend herself. Yeah, this is like definitely uh, a big trope that you see in a lot of spy movies is like the very dramatic shootout in the restaurant. Yeah. And they really ham it up here. It's, It's quite funny to watch. So Max starts making her way towards the bar with the other Debs as Lucy reloads her gun and, you know, they end up in this little shootout. Lucy runs through the restaurant using a table as a shield. Yeah, apparently it's just a metal bulletproof table. Mm-hmm. Yep, super handy uh, in this, like, fancy restaurant. Obviously, they would have, like, metal tables. <laughs> yeah, of course. So she manages to escape out the back. Max wants to pursue, but Janet is like, um, don't you remember what Mr. P said? We're not supposed to engage. We were just supposed to surveil. And Max is like, hey, Janet, do you remember the fact that you're not graduating with us because you haven't gotten your stripes yet? Yeah, it's because you haven't shown courage in the face of danger, and I won't give you a recommendation to get your stripes until you do. And Janet's like, okay. So they decide (laughs) to split up. (laughs) Yeah, Amy goes out the back door into the warehouse and looks for Lucy we see this awesome shot of, like, all these boxes, Mm -hmm. which end in, like, two, basically two forks that come together. And so they run right into each other (gasps) and both apologize before realizing who the other one is. And they put their guns up. Amy starts reading Lucy her rights. And she's like, are you reading me my rights right now? But they both have each other at gunpoint. So... Bit of a standstill. Mm-hmm. Amy tries to reason with her. She's like, I don't feel like dying today. Maybe you could put your gun down. Lucy's like, put your gun down. Lucy asks Amy to put her gun down and tells her that she was just on a stupid blind date, like when you decided to rain shit all over me. And Amy is like, <gasps> what? You were on a date with that woman? Whoa. She says that torpedoes her thesis. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm writing my thesis on you. And it's really hard because there's only anecdotal evidence about you. Nobody has actually spoken to you until now. <gasps> there is definitely like a lot of flirty energy between them right off oh, the bat. Yeah. I do think they have pretty good chemistry. I would agree. And I don't know if we mentioned, but Amy is played by Sarah Foster, whom 
I recognize from 90210 where she played Naomi's like evil older sister Jen. But um, yeah, I, I do really like their chemistry. I think it's like pretty palpable right off the bat. Totally, totally. Like the way that they look at each other, mm-hmm. it's all between the lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Lucy then asks Amy for her name. And it's so cute. Amy, like, puts her gun between, like, her arm, like, under her armpit so she can, like, shake her hand properly. And she's like, (laughs) oh, I'm Amy Bradshaw. Like, nice to meet you. And then she realizes, like, what the fuck is happening? So she pulls her gun back out, goes back into, like, cop mode. And Lucy's like, you know, you could just let me go. It would would be, like, so easy to just let me go. Come on. Haven't you ever done anything you're not supposed to? And Amy, like, does hesitate. She does consider this proposition Mm -hmm. when she gets distracted by the other Debs, like, running over and calling her name. And then when she turns back, Lucy's gone. So the girls rush over and they're like, oh, my God, are you okay? We couldn't reach you. And Amy's like, yeah, I spoke to Lucy. And they're like, that's impossible. In that case, you would be dead. Whoa. But they look down and find diamonds all over the ground. Mm-mm-mm. They're like, oh, she was here. And Dom is like, Amy, you are the first one ever to fight Lucy and live to tell about it. Whoa. Lucy hops into Scud's car. He is pissed that her date got ruined by the dabs. He is like popping off, but Lucy's like, very calm. She's kind of like looking off and she tells him she met somebody, not Nanochka. <gasps> and she makes him promise not to freak out and asks what he knows about Amy Bradshaw. And Scud is like, what? <laughs> she is the poster child for the Debs. She got a perfect score on their SATs. <gasps> they get out of the car. Lucy is like, well, the poster child doesn't know it yet she's into me and then takes scud's keys <laughs> drives back to amy and scud is like p.s she's straight and gets back in the car <laughs> so things are moving along quite quickly. oh yeah yeah i was i was kind of surprised that she was suddenly like oh i'm gonna go chase after this girl because they did kind of set it up like oh she's so closed off like she's not interested in dating she was just waiting for the one exactly it's not that she's closed off just like no one was clicking Mm. so we get to the deb's house scud is like please don't go in and she's like well i'm doing exactly that so (laughs) she uses her phone to like I don't know if it tracks, like, heat signatures or what it is, but she manages to find out which bedroom is Amy's through this her phone thing. And she also pulls out this little device that lets her cut a hole in the force field. So clearly, security at the Deb's house is not all that it's cracked up to to be. Yeah, she, like, carves a hole in the force field. And, like, pops inside. She, like, hops over these, like, moving alarms on the front lawn. She uses these little, like, suction cup things to, like, climb her way up the house. I feel like that was a big 2000s thing, the suction Mm, cups. Yeah. Very, um, catch that kid, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Is that why Kristen Stewart robs a bank? Yes. It's Kristen Stewart, Corbin Blue, and... I almost said Chad Danforth. (laughs) And, oh my god, what's that guy's name? Is it Max Thoreau? I'm not sure. Yes, it is. Yeah. So quite the trio. 
if memory serves, there's like a bit of a love triangle in that movie, right? Where both Corbin and Max are into Kristen Stewart. Oh, yes. Kristen Stewart. Um, And I'm like, she's gay. But that's that's a whole other thing. But go off. (laughs) So back to this movie. (laughs) Lucy sneaks into Amy's room, wakes her up. Amy immediately like is in combat mode, throws her on the ground. They have a little hand-to-hand combat. And Amy is like, why are you here? And Lucy's like, well, I wanted to see you. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> I love a little cat and mouse. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, yeah. Yeah. I'm having fun. Okay. Yeah. Lucy has so much charm and like charisma as well. Like she really, she pops on, like Jordan and Brewster pops on screen in this movie for me. Mm-hmm. So Amy's like, well, why do you want to see me? And Lucy is like, well, I thought it would be stupid for you to have to read all that outdated information when you can just come straight to the source. Go out with me and I'll tell you anything you want to know. And Amy's like, what? No, absolutely not. Me? (laughs) And then Lucy picks up Amy's crossbow and is like, well, now you have to. Because she, you know, is pointing it at her. So (laughs) got to do it. Got to (laughs) go. They go outside and Lucy hears a noise and she like pins Janet to the tree with a crossbow. Janet is so mad her sweater is ruined. (laughs) Lucy steps into the light and Janet screams. Of course, now she's roped in. Cut to them sitting in the back of Lucy's car with Scud. And he's like, did you go to Dalton? And she's like, yes. (laughs) Um. Lucy starts driving faster. She speeds through this like tunnel that says like dead end, you know, don't keep going. You're Mm. toast. Like serious shit. And then they show up at a biker club and Lucy asks Amy and Janet to come out with her. Amy refuses. They sit in the car for a minute, but Janet leans forward and she's like, I have to pee. So they leave the car and enter the nightclub, and Scud is like, Lucy, the girls are here. So inside the biker bar, everybody is dancing, having the time of their lives. Yeah. Lucy offers Amy a beer, and she's like, no. And then Lucy just grabs two off of a tray and leads her over to a table. So they sit down, and she asks Amy how long she's been at Deb. Amy is just like super standoffish, doesn't even want to answer any of her questions at first. But Lucy is like, come on, like, I know that you have a shitload of questions you want to ask me. Tell me about your thesis. So Amy does kind of give in and she's like, well, my essential hypothesis is that as a woman in a male dominated field, you might feel the need to overcompensate by being exponentially more ruthless and diabolical than your established male counterparts. And Lucy's like, I'm not more ruthless. What are you talking about? But Amy continues, and she's like, well, I think that these psychological forces combine to create a kind of emotional void in which you are incapable of loving or being loved. Whoa. Which is a fucking bold thing to say to somebody. (laughs) Guns up. (laughs) And Lucy's like, that is not true. I am open to love. What do you know about it anyways? And Amy's like, Mm, hell if I know. Nothing. I just broke up with my boyfriend five hours ago. And she's like, what? What? (laughs) 
So Lucy is like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, why'd you break up with him? And Amy, she kind of goes into this little like monologue and she's like, I think that love should be irresistible, like a drug, like you can't control yourself around the person. And I wanted more. She then asks Lucy why she isn't killing her right now. Like she killed those agents in Antarctica or like these agents in this place. And Lucy's like, I never even met them. Like they died of hypothermia. Those guys died of Ebola. Like I didn't kill all those people. So clearly Mm. there's a lot of hearsay about Lucy that is not true. And maybe she's not as ruthless as everybody thinks. Yeah. And Amy's like, wow, you know, you're not what I expected. And Lucy's like, well, that's a good thing. And I'm like, ah, ah, the tension. Yeah. And meanwhile, Janet and Scott are playing foosball. Mm. And Janet is like, it looks like your friend is hitting on my friend. And Scott is like, yeah. Yeah. Duh. Correct. (laughs) And Janet is like, well, my friend isn't into that. And it's looking like Amy is actually into that. Mm-hmm. So we go back to Amy and Lucy, and Amy is talking about how Bobby never got her and, like, um, asks Lucy if she ever feels like nobody understands her. And Lucy's like, all of the time. There is a lot oh of tension bubbling beneath mm-hmm. the surface. Like, they just feel like they click, and mm-hmm. Amy tells Lucy... She's really glad she met her. Mm. And Lucy is like, me too. Amy is biting her lip. <laughs> like freaking foaming at the mouth. To, yeah. Just. <laughs> and she's like, I should go. And Lucy, I think she rolls her eyes and she's like, yeah. well, we you know when am I going to see you again? Or no, no, no. Amy asks when am I going to yes. see you again? Yeah. Yes. And Lucy's like, do you want to see me again? And Amy's like, I could get kicked out of Debs for this. And they like get closer and closer. And she's like, for what? And Lucy's what? like, <laughs> she's like, I'm, I'm literally breaking like eight legal statutes being here. And they lean in closer and closer. They're about to kiss. And Janet goes, oh, my God, she almost kissed you. And you almost kissed her. Fuck off, Janet. Damn it, Janet. Get your ass back to foosball. (laughs) Oh, I was so pissed. I was so annoyed. Oh, my goodness. So Amy storms off. Lucy goes after her. Scud tells Janet she owes him $50. And Amy's like, I want to go home. Like, take me home now. So they get back to the Deb's house. And Lucy's like, so Amy, when can I see you again? And Amy's like, you can't, and storms off. And I'm like, God fucking damn it. So Lucy then just like calls after her. She's like, I'll find you. Duh. Not giving up. So as the girls walk back to the house, Janet is like, Amy, what happened? Like, oh my God, you're so into her. You violated a prime directive. Plus, she's a girl. Fuck off, Janet. Yeah. Like, I think if they wanted to add in that conversation, it could have been like, mm-hmm. are you gay? Like, she could have been more curious instead of like, eh. Yeah. But it's what I found weird, too, is that they don't mention anything about um, Lucy going on a date. Or I guess they might not realize it was a date. They could have thought that she was just there mm. to talk business. But yeah. they don't mention anything about that. It's not until 
this happens that they're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. And I, I do think that like overall they do the, – the more so the, the betrayal or whatever that they focus on is like that she like was lying to everyone, not so much the yeah. fact that like, oh – you are gay and that's bad. Like, that's not really the focus. It's not really dwelled upon. Yeah, there's, like, a couple comments here and there, but for the most part, they just treat this as, like, a normal relationship, which I appreciated. Yeah. Yeah, Janet is, like, freaking out, and Amy is like, well, Janet, you broke the rules, too. You're consorting Mm. with a criminal. I saw you exchange emails with Scud. Plus, remember that one time when you got drunk and nearly killed the chancellor of Bulgaria? Oh. Which it's like, oh, that's some information we're just going to drop in here, I guess. And Amy is like, I covered for you then, so I need you to cover for me now. This never happened. They go back to the Deb's house. Max is waiting for them on the porch. And Amy's like, oh, I just went to take a walk. Like, I'm really sad about Bobby. And Max is like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot. Are you okay? Amy says yes. And then Max tells them she can't stop thinking about Lucy Diamond. And Amy's like, same. (laughs) Yeah, me me too, girl. (laughs) And Max is like, I feel like she's playing some type of sick cat and mouse game with us. Just be careful. Janet gets her sweater down from the tree and tells Amy, to be careful. Mm-hmm. So the next day at the academy, Amy walks in and is immediately swarmed by some girls asking about her fight with Lucy. Janet is like, oh yeah, you are the talk of the town. Everybody's obsessed with it, but they don't know that you're a slut, a gay slut. And I'm like, first of all, there's nothing wrong with that. Second of all, they didn't even kiss. Like nothing you're happened. A gay slut. <laughs> You're not just a slut. You're a gay one. Wild. Um, Crazy. But yeah, so Janet is like, by the way, Miss Petrie wants to see you. So the Debs all gather in this room where there's like all these visuals. Like it's like a PowerPoint presentation of like Amy and Lucy Diamond. Like Amy survived. Whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. And basically – they're, like, all gathered here so they can speak to Miss Petrie, who, like, literally teleports in and out of everywhere she comes. So she appears. Max tries to, like, talk to her because she is the leader of the squad. But Miss Petrie is like, I don't even know who you are. You're wasting my time. Yeah. Goes straight up to Amy and, like, has a photographer take all of these, like, posed photos the of them. biggest old-fashioned camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, straight up, like, you're going to be a star one day, kid. Shake my hand for the paper. <laughs> yeah. So they take all these photos. Petrie tells Amy that when she heard that a Deb engaged with Lucy Diamond and lived to tell the tale, Fred at Central Intelligence nearly peed his pants. It's crazy. And she's like, this is going to put the Academy on the map. And Petrie asks Amy for a description of the encounter so that they can develop a profile and says that Amy is now their leading expert on Lucy Diamond. Whoa. And Amy's like, what are you talking about? I'm not an expert. And then Petrie pulls out Amy's thesis and starts reading from it. It's all about how, like, Lucy is who she is because of, like, daddy issues, essentially. Because, like, her dad used to be the head of the, like, crime family. Mm -hmm. And she tells Amy that there's something that 
Lucy and her have in common. Like clearly they have this connection. There's a deep symbiosis, like in Silence of the Lambs, except you're the lamb. <laughs> She's Jody in Silence of the Lambs. Jodie Foster's gay. Yeah. It's definitely a reference. Oh, for sure, for sure. And she says that they can – oh, and also Holland Taylor is gay too. I forgot about that. Oh, wow. Yeah, because she's uh, she's been with Sarah Paulson for like years now. You're so right. Yeah. That is so – I love Sarah Paulson. Yeah. <laughs> I love her. I think she actually won because uh, I did a poll on our Instagram last week for like a remake of But I'm a Cheerleader in Modern yeah. Days. And Sarah Paulson did win for the casting of Mary. And I think mm-hmm. she would absolutely kill that She'd role. kill it. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, back to her girlfriend who is in this movie. Yes. Holland Taylor, Miss Petrie. She says that they can use this symbiosis between Amy and Lucy to their advantage. And she decides to put Amy in charge of like this investigation into Lucy and promotes her to squad captain. Whoa. Yeah. And Max is like, um, I'm actually the captain of this squad. And Petrie's like, there's a killer on the loose. There's no time for egos. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this puts a big rift between Max and Amy. Yeah. Max storms out. Amy follows her. She's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean for any of this to happen. I don't even want to be captain. And Max is like, that's exactly the problem. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be captain. You would be just as happy to like scribble in your notebook so I don't understand why you have to take away the one thing I have going for me. Yeah. And it's so true because it's one of those situations where I feel like the character would be like, but I don't have a choice. And it's like, you always have a choice. Mm-hmm. And she could have just said, I don't feel qualified for this. Um, I think Max should remain the captain. Yeah. Like, I don't want this like responsibility, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's very um, Andy Sachs, Emily. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So suddenly an alarm sounds. Lucy is on the move. Code 99. Yes. So it turns out that Lucy Diamond and her cohorts are robbing a bank. They're holding hostages. So Mr. P sends the Debs to go apprehend her and recover the money. Movies and feelings. Pop, pop. Bring Your Own Popcorn is a podcast that dives into people and the movies who love them. Let us preach to your choir or stoke your ire as we spiral down memory lane with cult classics, jurassics, and other genres that rhyme with traffic. What we lack in education, we make up for with comedy, compassion, and camaraderie. I'm your host, Mixtape Majesty, inviting you to join me and an assortment of wonderful guests on fine podcast apps everywhere. Bring Bring your own popcorn. So the Debs pull up to the bank. The girls are, like, looking to Amy, like, okay, you're the captain now. What's the plan? And she's like, oh, yeah. Um, She's fumbling the bag so much. She's visibly shook that she's going to see Lucy. Yeah. And she's like, oh, we're going to do Formation Alpha Kappa Gamma. So they head into the bank. It's completely empty. They then hear, like, these whooshing sounds. And they're, like, looking around with their giant silver guns. (laughs) And Lucy peeks out from a corner and tries to, like, beckon Amy over. But Amy just mouths, like, I can't. And so she continues on with the girls. They then find all the hostages standing very, you know, (laughs) calmly and quietly in this little closet. And Janet's like, 
we'll be right back and closes the door on them. <laughs> Crazy. They finally go downstairs and get to this huge bank vault, which is wide open, but Max stops them and she's like, this is clearly a trap. Yeah. Amy wants to go ahead and Max asks her why she's giving her such a hard time and says that if she's going to be captain, she has to do it right. And Amy asks Max if she thinks she can't handle it. And Max is like, I know you can't handle it. I don't care if you got the perfect score and Janet is like, perfect or. <laughs> I, you wouldn't know Kappa Gamma if it was tattooed on your forehead. So Amy pulls rank and orders Max to secure the vault. They rush in. It's empty. Amy's like, see, that wasn't so hard. And immediately falls through the floor and goes through this trap door. The devs get locked into the vault. You played yourself, bro. Amy. Mm-hmm. So Amy lands at the bottom of this chute where Lucy is waiting for her. And she's like, hey, I just wanted to like apologize for last night. I was so out of line. And Amy is like, what the fuck? Like, you need to free the hostages and return the money. What is going on right now? <laughs> what the now? fuck? Free the hostages. What are we talking about? She's like, what are you talking about? I just wanted to have a little chat. So Megan is trying to open the door. She's sitting with like a pipe or something. Mm-hmm. Dominique lights a cigarette. Janet asks her not to smoke. Doesn't care at all. Yeah. Um, and Janet tries to ask Max to get her to stop smoking. Before they run out of oxygen, Max goes over and lights a cigarette, too. She's like, this is bullshit. This couldn't get any worse. Spikes start, (laughs) like, coming down from the ceiling. Stealing is caving in. Meanwhile, downstairs, Amy is, like, freaking out. She's like, "What? you can't be here right now. What are you doing? And she just kind of, like, collects herself. And she's like, I'm sorry that I wigged out last night. But I don't want to give you the wrong idea. I like you, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't like you like you. And Lucy's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I gathered. Um, that's why I brought you here, just so we could clear the air. Totally nothing else. Didn't have anything else in mind. Don't even yeah. worry about it. I totally know. cool, 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 it's cool, 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 cool. <laughs> And Amy's like, oh, that's really sweet of you to, like, go through all the trouble. But my friends are going to wonder where I am. And Lucy's like, no, they won't. Cut to the girls literally almost being. Not when I kill them (laughs) with spikes. Yeah, they're literally about to be impaled by these spikes. Some of like the worst special effects I've ever seen, but I loved it. And uh, (laughs) she's like, I mean, it's not like they're going to die or anything. But she does decide to deactivate the booby trap for Amy. So Amy tries to leave, but Lucy stops her and she's like, okay, I get that I misinterpreted the situation last night, but it was also the most alive that I felt in a while. And she starts to leave, but Amy stops her. Whoa. And they kiss. Oh my God. And so after they kiss, Lucy's like, come with me. What do you have to lose? Everything. Everything screaming wow so the dubs get downstairs they look for amy and what do they see left on the table diamonds (gasps) and amy's tie (gasps) they look up on the wall it says i've got the girl (gasps) they think lucy 
has kidnapped Amy. Dun, dun, dun. Back at the academy, Miss Petrie tells them they are down a deb and they will not rest until they see that she comes back home safely. And then we have a montage for the books. Mm. This montage lasts like four minutes. It's long. It is long. It's long. <laughs> and the whole time Temptation by New Order is playing. There is a montage of Lucy and Amy playing in her lab. Amy practices driving and accidentally releases a bomb off of the car. Bobby and his search team look for Amy. Nowhere to be found. Scud and Janet email each other. Interesting. We see the Deb sending out messages in all languages looking for Amy. Meanwhile, Amy and Lucy just like looking through a little photo album scrapbook of like childhood pictures. Max literally almost murders some guys for information about where Amy is. Amy gives Lucy a bedazzled pair of handcuffs. So, you know, this relationship is going well. We, we're getting yeah. some quality time. We're getting some gift giving, some acts of service. They're understanding each other. Words yeah. of affirmation, the whole shebang. Janet then calls Amy and she's like, listen, the whole school is looking for you. If you don't come back, I'm going to spill the beans. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile... Ninochka, but you forgot about her. She's still around. I certainly did. Yeah. She sees... Shouldn't she be in Russia <laughs> taking dance classes? Yeah. She sees Lucy and Amy sharing a milkshake together. Mm. And I, I did think it was kind of funny how... Because, you know, there's always the, the trope of, like, the Russian villain in, like, spy movies and stuff. Yeah. Killing Eve. Yeah. She's, like, the Russian villain, but, like, the villainy that she does is literally just, like, narking on them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we see more emails between Scud and Janet, Lucy and Amy, like, watching the sunset together. I actually really liked that shot. It was really cute where, like, Lucy has her arms around her. Mm, Yeah. It's really beautifully lit as well. And Janet does call Amy again to apologize. And she's like, I'm sorry for the mean message that I left. Please just come home. Back to Amy and Lucy. They talk about Debs, and Lucy asks Amy what the test in the SAT measures. And Amy tells her she doesn't know. And Lucy's like, oh, that's weird. Like, you let this test decide what you're going to be in life, and you don't even know what it is. And Amy is like, the test doesn't decide that. Like, you should do what you're good at. And Lucy's like, you should do what you love. Then Amy asks why she's psychoanalyzing her. And asks if she loves a life of crime. They go back and forth. Lucy says she didn't get picked out of a million people to be a crime-fighting goody-two-shoes. She was born into being a criminal. So then Amy mentions that what she actually wanted to do was go to art school in Barcelona. Aw. Yeah. She just wants to, you know, be at her easel, paint in a way. And she doesn't know what the test saw in her, but everybody thinks she's this perfect spy. But clearly right now, she's proving them wrong. Mm-hmm. So Lucy then asks if Amy is just using her to, like, sabotage her spy career. And Amy says no. She feels more like herself when she's with her than she ever has. Wow. So cute. And then Lucy's like, okay, well, then let's pretend that we're in Barcelona there's no heroes, no villains. We're just ourselves. Back at the Deb's house, Max wakes up to a phone call from Ninochka 
a woman scorned, Mm -hmm. telling her she knows where Amy is. Max wakes up the whole house, tells them that she has a lead on Amy, and calls Bobby, which I'm like, you didn't need to call Bobby. He's just unpleasant to be around, I imagine. So I'm like... I don't find him to be like actually a bad person, but he does seem unpleasant. Yeah. Um, Janet tries to call Amy to warn her, but... Ugh, Amy is too busy making out with Lucy Diamond. Ugh, classic. So the Debs and Bobby break into Lucy's lair while, like, Lucy and Amy are kind of play fighting. They have this little thing where, like, Amy snaps her bra strap and they're like, hee, hee, hee. Was that a joke or was she, like, trying to undo her bra but she, like, is inexperienced? That's what I figured, yeah. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess makes me wonder. I wonder, I guess this probably would be like the first time that they had sex, maybe? I think so. Yeah, yeah. That's what's implied, yeah. So Scud is playing bingo with some of the mercenaries. When the alarm goes off, he hops into action. The Debs and Bobby then get attacked by him and the mercenaries. Meanwhile, Amy and Lucy tee-hee-heeing away, play fighting. (laughs) And... um, I think Lucy ends up like pinning Amy's arms down and she's like, do you love me? And Amy says, yes. And they kiss. (laughs) It was shocking to me to find out later on that this, (laughs) (laughs) the period of this kidnapping, we're kind of led to believe that it goes on for a while. It looks like it does. Because that montage is so long and so much happens. Scud and Janet are emailing away. Mm-hmm. I figured it was like a couple months, maybe. Yeah. At minimum, like a month. It's seven days, folks. She was kidnapped for seven days. Well, not kidnapped, but she was with Lucy for seven days, which is insanity. But I do think it also is like a play on like the U-Haul lesbian trope. Yeah, maybe. Of like things moving super quick. I, I assume that it's because I, of yeah. that. I think it's partially that, partially like, come on, we need a little headway. Yeah. We got to make the plot move along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they have this moment, they kiss. Scud then pulls Janet aside and he's like, what the hell are you doing here? And she's like, I couldn't stop them. And he's like, you look nice. She's like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then Max is like, Janet, what are you doing? So she has to like whack him with her gun to knock him out. He knocks her out. Or sorry, she knocks him out like cold. Yeah. So they finally make it to Lucy's room and they find like Lucy and Amy naked in bed together. Oh, And Amy just goes, it's not what you think. Girl. What could it possibly be then? What else could it possibly be? (laughs) She was just showing me some new moves that we could use. (laughs) Oh, God. So they all walk away. And as Dominique leaves, she's like, I hope it was worth it. And Janet's like, you should really check your messages. That would have, I mean, it can't happen. It's the yeah. movie that's supposed to happen, but like would have solved the whole fucking mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back at the Dab's house, Amy faces everyone. Mrs. Petrie or Miss Petrie tells her that they used federal resources and man hours for a week to find her. <laughs> and I'm like, that is a lot of money actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Thanks for the taxes, Amy. No. <laughs> Amy tells her that she was doing research and Petrie's like, oh yeah, I'm so sure that your collegiate fling was like a research opportunity or something. Oh, I found the quote. It's let's divert federal resources and man hours so I can have my collegiate lesbian fling in style. Is the quote. Very good. Yeah. Very good. That might be a caption. Mm. Um, and says that she's going to be a total laughing stock and threatens to send her away to like the farthest place, tucking Siberia hours out here. But yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Max interrupts them and suggests a plan. She says to make Amy Deb of the Year. No one will know what happened except for them. When they go in tomorrow, they'll report that they rescued Amy. Amy will be traumatized but cool and go to Endgame with Bobby and give a speech about battling Lucy. So Petrie is like, okay, well, how can we make sure that she doesn't run off again? Clearly, she's in love with her. And Max Max. actually is like very intense in this moment. I was like a little bit afraid. She was like, the Amy that I know would never betray us like that. The Amy that I know would never do something like this. Clearly, she was under some sort of mind control and didn't know what she was doing. And she wouldn't run again, right? And there's no way that you love Lucy, right? And Amy's like, yep. So Petrie is very impressed with Max in this moment for like taking charge and, you know, coming up with this plan. And she's like, I underestimated you. I'll remember this when we review applications for the International Bureau. So Petrie then tells them to debrief Amy and they place her on a 24-7 lockdown, except for when she has to be in class or on missions. And she's like, you should be grateful that you have friends who care about you. Mm -hmm. So all the adults leave. It's just like the Debs and Bobby. Amy tries to apologize to Max and she's like, stop. Debs stick together, but don't get it twisted. I do not forgive you. She really said, don't get it twisted. A la Rihanna. Yeah. <laughs> Max and tells Janet, like, hey, don't think I forgot about the fact that you knew where Amy was the whole time and you didn't say anything. You can forget about your recommendation for your stripes. No. <sighs> she then leaves. Dominique is like, you're not as boring as I thought, but not as bright either. And walks away. <laughs> Again, the with French. the French accent. It's just I jarring. Just don't know, I don't know why. Like They were like, hey, Devin, can you try this? Sounds bad. Let's do it. Perfect. Keep it in there. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, not not that we're, you know, accent savants or anything, but no, I would but never heard do it, it in film. <laughs> like, I can tell you right now that it's so much more glottal. Like, I mean, I yeah. it's so fucking hard to do because my yeah. mouth is naturally wouldn't do that. But damn, just let her speak. Let the girl speak. Yeah. Just call her Dom. She Or she could be an American named Dominique. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Why not? So she walks out. Bobby, he walks out. He doesn't say anything. Amy then starts to apologize to Janet. And Janet just starts crying about how all she ever wanted was her stripes. And Mm -hmm. now she's not getting them. And she walks out too. Yeah. We get the montage of Amy being interviewed about Lucy. Amy gets back an A-plus paper, but 
it's not satisfying. She's sad. Mm. She hangs alone in an espionage stakeout situation. And Bobby rappels down to her and asks if they're going to end game together. And he's like, I still love you. And I know you love me too. And gives her like this puka shell bracelet that his father got in like Malaysia on a drug bust or something crazy. And he's Mm -hmm. like, and I've been thinking about it. The Leslie thing is kind of hot, just shoots up and she's like, I hate (laughs) this. Yeah. I hate this so much. Yeah. And then like the girls zoom over and they're like, you're doing the right thing. Wrong. Wrong. The wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Why would you support your friend? Like, I mean, obviously what she did wasn't good, but yeah, I just don't even understand. This is a movie. We all know yeah. it's a movie. But yeah. to say like, and you're going to end game with Bobby. I'm like, why? Like yeah. she can just go alone. Yeah. No one would be like, well, obviously well, yeah. they were having a torrid love affair. Like, if you set it up that you rescued her, people will probably believe that. Mm-hmm. Lucy's reputation speaks for itself. But yeah, I guess they had to throw it in there. It's a movie. It's a movie. It's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that night, who appears in Amy's room but Lucy? Dun, dun, dun. Amy immediately pushes the panic button on her. So the tables have really turned. Mm -hmm. And Lucy Mm -hmm. is like, oh, my God, what is it with your friends? Like, can't you just think for yourself for a change? The Debs bust in and Lucy jumps out the window because Max is, like, literally about to shoot her. So when she's downstairs, she actually shoots an arrow into the room with the bedazzled handcuffs on it. And she just yells up and she's like, I thought you were different and drives off. Sad. At the lair, Lucy begins programming a bomb to sink Australia, and Scud comes over. He's like, stop, stop, stop. Like, let's, let's sit have down. Let's heart to heart. Let's, ch- <laughs> yeah. let's talk about it. And she tells him that being bad doesn't feel good anymore. And he asks if she loves her. And Lucy nods. And he asks if she's willing to give all of this up. And she says, whatever it takes. And he's like, okay, then we're going in. We gots to get her back. I love Scud. <laughs> I love Scud too. I think yeah. he really does a lot for the movie. Oh, for sure. For sure. Jimmy Simpson's scene stealer. Truly. Yeah. So we then get this kind of weird montage um, <laughs> where Lucy is singing into a pool cue. That she is. And while this is happening, we see all these news reports of how Lucy Diamond has, like, turned her back on her life of being a criminal. She returns everything that she stole. She returns all the money. Um, There is, like, a really quick shot where you can see that one of the places that she stole money from was the Girl Scouts of America. (laughs) (laughs) And all of the money is also in the, the big white bags with the dollar sign on it. Classic, classic. We then see her taking the SATs. Um, She does end up, like, punching the SAT guy because he catches her cheating. Yes, the proctor because he catches her cheating. So, you know, she's working on it. She's working on being good. It's a process. It's a work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. We see the Debs defuse this bomb 
And out of it pops these balloons that say, Amy, be mine. We also see that Lucy, like, beams a light into the sky, like, Batman style, that says, Amy, be mine. Wow. Amy is then caught by Janet doodling pictures of Lucy in her little notebook. But she's not gone back to Lucy. Nothing has Mm -hmm. worked. And Scud is like, okay, it's time for plan B then. We cut to the evening of Endgame. Amy is getting her dress ready. And Mr. P shows up in her room. He tells her that he's learned there isn't room for love in this business. Love requires trust. And trust requires honesty. It's true. Yeah. Amy takes this opportunity to ask what the SAT actually measures. Mr. P tells her that the test measures your ability to lie. And she is the perfect Mm. liar. Yeah. That is so crazy. I did like that reveal. Yeah. I thought that was very clever. Oh, yeah. Because, like, who better than, like, a deeply closeted lesbian? You are the perfect liar. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Got a blast. I'm just trying to, like, go on dates with the woman that I love. He's like, have fun tonight. Mm. And zooms out of there. Yeah. So we then go to Endgame. They all arrive in this like gigantic Hummer limo. Very 2004. Absolutely. We see some of the boys spike the punch. Bobby ends up dragging Amy to the dance floor. Meanwhile, outside, Lucy and Scud are looking at blueprints of the, I don't know, like hotel that they're at. Yeah, whatever venue. Yeah. And uh, they're planning on how to get into the dance. After this, like, very elaborate break-in, the big plan is for Lucy to tell Amy that she loves her. And Lucy's like, that's the plan? And he's like, war is easy. Love is hard. So freaking true. So true, queen. So (laughs) (laughs) Max uh, is practicing the speech that she wrote for Amy to read. And Janet is like, you know, what if Amy really loves her and Lucy makes her happy? Like, maybe we're doing the wrong thing. If you're really her best friend, you'd let her go. Mm -hmm. And Dom is like, yes, we can't decide matters of the heart. Meanwhile, Lucy begins breaking in to get to Amy. She, like, goes on the roof and pops off the skylight. At the dance, Max pulls Amy aside and tells her she wrote their version of what happened, and she also apologizes that they've been fighting, and tells Amy that she really just wants what's best for her and hands her the speech. Lucy, on the other hand, popping off a vent in the hallway, um, Miss Petrie comes to the stage. She announces Amy as a young lady who exemplifies what it means to be a dab. A guy reports to Bobby that Lucy has infiltrated and they hand out all these guns to these Mm. guys. They're like, a gun for you, a gun for you. Petrie continues to announce Amy and how she was held for seven days. Yep. (laughs) And she says um, they will give the Mary Jane Award to their perfect score, Amy Bradshaw. Yeah. I don't know if we mentioned like what Debs actually stands for. And I don't know if they even 
they might mention it once in the movie. Yeah. But it stands for discipline, energy, beauty, and strength. Ooh. Yes. So Amy gets up on the stage and she starts to give Max's speech. She's a little bit hesitant at first, but Max, like, you know, encourages her from the side of the stage. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Bobby is walking down the halls when he hears some sounds coming from the vent above him. Lucy hears him as well. So she actually throws some diamonds further along in the vent to like distract him. So he thinks that she's somewhere else. He shoots at where the diamonds land and she starts crawling the other way. Of course, he can hear her. They have this like chase. He's shooting at her in the vents and she ends up like falling out of the ceiling, landing in a hallway. So she makes a run for it and ends up at this balcony in like the in the event space so she can see Amy giving her speech. Mm-hmm. Bobby catches up to her but he stops because basically the speech is Amy just like tearing Lucy to shreds saying that like she's the root yeah. of all evil, she is like everything bad in the world, like all this really horrible stuff. Lucy is clearly very hurt. And Amy does finally, like, see her in the crowd, and they look into each other's eyes. And Lucy smiles at her, even after all of that. I know. It's pretty shocking. I would have been fucking out of there. But that's not what she does. She does actually just give her, like, a smile of encouragement. And Amy decides that it's time for her to be honest. She tells the crowd that she cannot accept this award. And she says that the time that she spent with Lucy were the happiest days in her life. And the only time she's been brave this whole ordeal is right now. And she says, and if you'll excuse me, I have a date with a Deb. Because earlier on in the speech, she kind of like lays out like all of the things that a Deb is and Deb does. And Oh, I thought she said, I have a date with the devil. Oh, I thought she said I had a date with a Deb. Let me check. Uh, she says, and the only brave thing I've done this whole time is what I'm doing now. So if you'll excuse me, I have a date with the devil. Oh, I thought she said with a Deb. And I was like, oh, she's saying that she has all the qualities of like, like she has discipline, energy, beauty. Oh. That well, would be nice. I like where you're yeah. going with that. I wanted the wholesome route, but yeah, she has a date with the devil, I guess. <laughs> so Amy runs off stage. Lucy then, like, has to fight Bobby because he's, like, all right, back into fighting mode. She runs away while he walkies for backup. And then some random dude in the lobby sees Lucy. And I did read in, the in like, the trivia that apparently initially he was supposed to be, like, smoking a joint. <laughs> but they couldn't have that because they wanted to keep this movie PG-13. So yeah. he's, like, doing something else. He runs into the dance and he's like, Lucy is here. Everyone run for your lives. And chaos ensues as everybody runs. And I'm like, you guys are all spies. Like, why are you yeah. running? Shouldn't you be like getting into action, like chasing her? But they run. That's why none of them are Deb of the Year. <laughs> yeah. So Amy runs after Lucy as Max, Bobby, Dominique, and Janet are trying to shoot her. It's like... I really thought that they were going to shoot Lucy. I was like, what's going to happen? What's up? Lucy goes downstairs to where she and Amy first met. 
we see Lucy running, Amy running down these two forks <sighs> in the road and they bump into each other and they're like, we have to stop meeting like this. And they kiss and Max and the girls surround them. Max tells Amy that she's gone AWOL. And Amy asks Max what the first thing she told her when she met her. And Max says, a high-protein diet is overrated. And Amy's like, no, the second thing. And Max says that they'd always be friends. Max cocks her gun, points it at Lucy, and says, if you break Amy's heart, I will hunt you down and kill you. And that she's counting on Amy to keep Lucy honest. Bobby and Petrie start banging on the door. Dominique and Janet say goodbye. Amy hugs Max and tells her to rule the school. And Max is like, I already do. Yeah, I already do. She tells her that there's a service exit that way and to be careful. Amy and Lucy run towards the exit. Bobby and Petrie and the others finally barge in. They ask Max where they went, and Max points in the other direction. Finally, she gives Janet her stripes, and Scud Um, asks Janet out, and she says yes. She doesn't even let him get the words out. He's like, would you want – yes, yes, anything. Absolutely. I haven't even asked him. (laughs) She's like, whatever it is, yes. (laughs) Amy and Lucy drive off into the sunset in her vintage car, and we hear into the morning – by the weekend playing, not the weekend. Like this is like a 2000s band. (laughs) But yeah, that is Debs. I had a good time. Yeah, Uh, me too. It was a good time at the movies for Mm -hmm. me. I love a campy lesbian movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just, I'm really what I've enjoyed about the movies we've done so far, Mm -hmm. aka the two movies we've done, is that they are just a fun watch mm-hmm. yeah like but i'm a cheerleader is a bit dark but i it has a lot of comedic elements in it yeah yeah and this is actually the second movie in a row where we have our our two mains riding off into the sunset together so yes in a uh, well i guess the other one's a pickup truck yeah but but in a car um yes we'll see if that trend continues i actually don't know because the movie we're doing next week is brand spanking new so yes it is that'll be exciting but anyways Debs I really enjoyed it I thought it was like very fun it was like nice and lighthearted. I really loved the chemistry between Lucy and Amy I thought it was like so palpable oh yeah um and I like that it wasn't like hypersexual it was like very emotional and like their emotional connection yeah. was like really clear from the jump So I really enjoyed that. I do wish kind of that they leaned further into like the kookiness, like the campiness. I wish they like would have like fully committed. I think it needed to be funnier. Yeah, I agree. Like if you lean into it, like something like a Mm Scooby-Doo where you just go like balls to the wall, I think (laughs) that it would have maybe had like a little more spark to it. Yeah. But I still really enjoyed it. There are some like funny little quips in there. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just, like, a great watch when you want to, you know, have a little bit of action, a little bit of comedy, a little bit of romance. Mm -hmm. And a lot of 2000s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I really actually enjoyed the soundtrack because it was Mm. so 2000s-y. Yeah. Like, 
this isn't a song in it, but think like Perfect Day by Hoku yeah. type of shit. And I also just thought it was like such a silly plot mm-hmm. with the her being like, I got to get her back. Like, I'm going to go good. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely agree that it needed to be more focused on the genre or like mm-hmm. an overall essence of the movie that they wanted to do. So like yeah. either campier or funnier or mm-hmm. like if you wanted it to be – I can't imagine they would want it to be more dramatic. Yeah. But yeah, I I do think that it was lacking in those parts. And then also reading it back, like the super long montages, because there could have been more conversation between Lucy and Amy. Yeah, definitely. Or like even Scud and Janet, or like we could have learned more about Max. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about her. I was so intrigued by Max's character. I really wanted more. Um, especially with the thing of like that kind of like power dynamic between her and Amy. I feel like they could have explored mm-hmm. that more. Um, and like Max's kind of like underlying feelings about Amy always being like the golden child, like always like she's like revered by everyone. Yeah. All the boys are after her. Like, I wish we could have gotten more of that. Yeah. And I wonder too, like with her background and stuff, is she like, this is all I have going for me. Mm-hmm. Like, What's up with that? Yeah. You know, where is that coming from? Yeah, exactly. So I wish we could have gotten a little more development there. I think we could have sacrificed a couple of minutes of montages for that. Yeah. But I'm alas. thinking so. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it also makes me think of kind of like other kind of spoofy spy movies of the time, like Austin Powers, where they like really oh, go yeah. for it. I feel like if they really committed the way that something like an Austin Powers does, mm-hmm. this could have been like really, really good. I would love to remake this movie if I was the director. Oh yeah. I feel like it would play really well in like oh, I if think it was remade current now. Day, yeah. With like not only like a bigger audience mm-hmm. for queer movies yeah. and a love of the two thousands mm-hmm. and yeah, I definitely think it would all all I'll say is a bit of stronger dialogue mm-hmm. would work well. Yeah, give a quick pass at the script, <laughs> fine-tune some things up. Zib, zam, boom. I think it could be really good. Um, so yeah. any major studios, hit us up. We'll, we'll be happy to contribute. Oh, you know what? I would really like to see – I haven't seen this movie. I would want to see how it compares to um, the movie that Hari – Neff was in. It's like assassin. Um, it's like assassination. Oh, this sounds familiar. Hang on, let me look this up. Yeah, assassination nation. Yeah. Oh my god, Maud. Oh my god, is Maud Avatar? Yeah, that? yeah. It's um wow, Odessa yeah. Young, Hari Neff, Suki Waterhouse, Maud Apatow, Bella Thorne, Bill Skarsgård, Joel McHale, sure, Anika Nani Rose. Noah Galvin. Wow. Lots of people in this movie. Lucas Gage. Mm-hmm. Damn. I have to watch this. Very cool. Yeah. I feel like something like a Debs remake, I think, would do really well um, in this day and age if it was done right, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I think people would appreciate, would like really latch onto that. It could become a, a cult classic, or not even a cult classic. It just become a classic instantly. A classic. Yeah. 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 With that being said, shall we rate this bad boy? Yes. I am going to rate this movie. I'm going to give it a 6.5. Oh, my God. We're on the exact same page. I was also going to give it a 6.5. 
we're two for two this month. We'll see if we can keep it going. Let's, yeah, let's find out. Yeah. I really enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of having a great time watching these films. So. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. I'm excited for next week to see a brand spanking new film. Yeah. What do you guys think we're covering? Yeah, make yeah. sure you watch it along with us. I can give you a hint. In Canada, it's available on Disney+. Plus. That's your hint. In the U.S., it's on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> so look out for new releases. New releases. Um, mm-hmm. There is a sale starting June 8th for our shop on TeePublic. You can get a discount on shirts. You can also buy like other stuff like towels and pillows and water bottles and stickers and mm-hmm. um, a bunch of things. We have a really cool design from Tiana Lynn. It's Raymond the lifeguard oh, yes. <laughs> from Aquamarine. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. And we also have some other designs in our shop from other artists. So yeah. be sure to check that out. Link in the link tree, baby. Oh, link yes. in bio. And where can you find that? Oh, my God. On our Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. You can also follow us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. You can also watch our TikToks at Movies That Raised Us pod. Or if you just want to get your thoughts out on the virtual paper, you can send us an email at Movies That Raised Us at gmail.com. Yes. And we will see you next week for our next Pride Month movie. Woo. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.